Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Come through, Queen. I wanna see ya. Come through, Queen. Hi everyone, it's Dan. And Brendan. And this is Come Through Queen. Hey Brendan. What is happening? Are you still on your feet? I am still on my feet, baby. Um, I mean, it's the holiday season still. We're, we're about to roll into a new year. It's the perfect time for to talk about this past year, which is exactly what we did on our Patreon bonus episode. We look back on the shows that aired in 2020, every Housewives franchise, Drag Race up and down, and even some of the other shows in the Bravo Cinematic Universe. So go check that out. Yeah, but we have plenty to talk about here on this main episode. Uh, some crazy news has broken over the past few days on a typically slow news week. So this comes from People Magazine. Let me give you the full scoop. DeAndra Simmons has been hospitalized after testing positive for COVID-19. The Real Housewives of Dallas star is currently being treated at a coronavirus ward in a Texas hospital after her oxygen levels were found to be borderline. DeAndra Simmons had tested positive for COVID and had been admitted to the COVID ward at UT Southwestern Hospital in Texas, uh, Simmons's rep tell, uh, tells people her oxygen levels were borderline and she will start remdesivir. At this time, we ask you uh, to respect her and her family's privacy and to send your prayers for a speedy recovery. Following her hospitalization, Jennifer Davis, a friend of the Dallas Housewives, sent well wishes to Simmons on Instagram. Please pray for Deandra Simmons, she wrote. She has COVID, is in the ICU on oxygen. On Saturday... Simmons shared a family photo on Instagram after celebrating Christmas. This year, I'm extra thankful for my family, friends, and the two newest fur babies that joined the Simmons Locke household. Also, thank you to my hot hobby, Jeremy Locke, for my beautiful Chanel bag. I guess I was a good girl after all. I hope everyone is 
enjoying this beautiful holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, it should also be noted that in that picture that was posted on Christmas, uh, Mama D was present. I know that is a little nerve wracking. I hope she like is doing okay. Yeah, definitely hope Deandra's doing okay. It's definitely strange timing for the network for this to be transpiring as like they're rolling out promo for the new season particularly like how the trailer kind of jokes about COVID. Yeah. It's like, how have we spent quarantine? And it's like literally them like partying on a bus together. Yeah. Yeah. And them rolling out like the taglines without like really acknowledging that she's in the ICU is wild. Yeah. I mean, Bravo did have a separate tweet about Deandra uh, being hospitalized, but like the show must go on, I guess. I know. I was looking at um, someone's Instagram stories. Oh, it was Tiffany Moon's Instagram stories. And she was like obviously posting a lot about the taglines, but it like seemed the tone seemed a little off given that her co-star and apparently like her and Deandra are good friends. Because I saw her in the comments of Mama D's Christmas post being like, I can't wait to meet the like the dogs or whatever. Sure. So just weird, weird, weird. I mean, like, hopefully um, Deandra is all right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but speaking of those taglines, uh, we did get them. So why don't we roll through them and see what we have to say? Uh, okay. The first one is Stephanie Holman. She says, I don't need your approval. I need you to get out of my way. It's very not Stephanie. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's referencing something that will happen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's just like, Stephanie's like so like, quote unquote, innocent and sweet that it just seems so not her. And also like season one, remember, we just recently watched, rewatched the premiere of season one. And it's like, she needed her husband's approval for everything. So maybe she does need our approval. I mean, hopefully she comes out against his awful politics or something, which we know will not happen. That will definitely not happen. We can just hope. (laughs) Okay. Carrie Brittingham. If you take a shot at me, it better be tequila. Oh, standing alone, it's a great tagline. But given the context of Lisa Barlow's tagline in uh, Salt Lake City this season, it seems unoriginal. Yeah, for sure. Especially because Lisa's is better. Yeah, Yeah, much better. Okay, Tiffany Moon debuting with, I can save your life, but not your reputation. Um... Great tagline. Especially because, like, we all know what she's talking about. Yeah, it's definitely a reference to Brandy. Yeah. So at least we know, like, we already know it's going to be addressed, but it definitely seems like it's going to be a bigger Front and center. a bigger thing, I think. Right. And also, we love any reference to Reputation, a great album by Miss Taylor Swift. Is it a great album? Okay, so looking back, yes. Oh. At the time... At the time, I did not listen to it because I had, I took some issue, um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good album. Yeah. I do love like it being a reference to her being a doctor, which like, I'm glad we're closing the book on Dr. Wendy and opening the book on Dr. Moon. Yes. I like that, how that originally sounded like you were calling Taylor Swift a doctor, which I appreciate. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Okay, Brandy, take it from me. A sinner is just a saint who keeps on trying. No. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> get it. It's just, it just sounds like an excuse for her bad behavior. It's just like a lot of words and like, I don't think she's really getting the definition of sinner. Yeah. I'm going to have to check with Mr. H. Christ on this one. Yeah. Or ask like one of the gay children. Don't they talk about being sinners on, uh, that's true. I love the gay girls. (laughs) Uh, Deandra, which I got to say the, the voice over quality on this tagline was definitely strange compared to the rest of them. Wasn't it? It it was like a very deep, sultry voice from Deandra yeah. that we've never heard before. It was like a Dallas girls are and spice, but I'm still working on nice. It was almost Leanne-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Like filling the Leanne role. As if Leanne's soul left her body and went and spent <laughs> some time in Deandra. Doesn't that happen in like wonder woman, 1984 or something? There was like something about body, uh, like possession, I think. I did not see that film, um, but I heard that Kristen Wiig is a Jellicle cat, so I might check it out. Wow, okay. Now that you're a Maxinista, why not? Yes, of course. Um, okay, last but not least, I love to be pampered, but I'm nobody's pet. Who's is that? <laughs> Cameron Westcott. Oh. I mean, it, is she referencing her own Sparkle Dog food? I, did, I, I thought Sparkle Dog was like no longer a thing. I don't know. Yeah. So what do you mean you're nobody's pet? <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? As expected, uh, a group of taglines that are not really revolutionary in any way. It just feels like Dr. Tiffany Moon is in a different league than the rest of these women as far as like brain power goes. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see like them all interact. As far as brain power. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Brendan, uh, we have some news from the high seas that you wanted to share with us. Yes. So Below Deck is having another spinoff in the new year that is called Below Deck Galley. And it is premiering on January 1st, 2021. So in just a couple days. At 7 p.m. (laughs) At 7 p.m., which who knows who's doing the programming over, over at Bravo, but whatever. According to Bravo, Below Deck Galley Talk will feature some of the most memorable stews and deckhands from the series. They will be discussing their experiences on the show as well as sharing gossip about fellow castmates. Not only will the Bravo stars be dishing on old news, but they will be lending an opinion to what is going on on the current season airing. Think of it as Below Deck After Show. Some names being mentioned for a spot on the chair are Kate Chastain and Alex Radcliffe along with Anastasia Sermava, who is an interior stew um, on her season. Even the fan favorite brother and sister team, Kelly and Amy Johnson, um, will be stopping by some other names um, who will round out the cast will be Bobby, Colin Macy O'Toole, who is my favorite, Connie, Hosaya, and Julia. Um, (laughs) I think this is such an interesting move by Bravo, given the news that Below Deck has now surpassed Housewives in popularity. They really are capitalizing on it, and I love that for them. I wonder if this is part of Kate Chastain's production deal. I mean, I would guess so, right? I would think so. But it's like, I, 
I have enough Kate Chastain on my television screen. I know you you really don't like Kate Chastain, and that's okay. I know, no, I need to I need to see her in her element, which is at sea. Um, and maybe I'll have a different opinion. She's great at sea. Um I'm I'm just so happy that Colin Macy O'Toole is getting a paycheck. Um I love him. He's current he operates the Fire Island Ferry usually, so I like seeing him on TV. Does this is this gonna always be airing on Friday at seven PM or is it just premiering then? I don't know. Wouldn't it make sense to put it after Below Deck? Or or even before, instead of like a rerun. Right. Whatever. I'll be tuning in. It's just interesting they're going to this people's couch model. It'll be a fun uh, pre-show for RuPaul's Drag Race for you. I know. I can't wait. Even though, like, usually on Friday nights, I'm, like, making dinner to get ready for Drag Race. Sure. And, like, settling in with my dinner or whatever. So I'll yeah. have to, like start earlier yeah you might have to do like a takeout situation i know okay why don't we get to the shows that have aired over the past few weeks um strangely atlanta aired this past sunday a special with cynthia and noel watching old atlanta clips like Make it make sense. I don't get it. Especially like, okay, we're using Cynthia at a time where like I would say her her goodwill is judgment, like, her judgment is in question. Her goodwill is like at its least, I would say. Yeah, I mean Yeah. I think I think for people like you and me, but like I said, we gotta remember but Not everyone's in the same mindset. But I think even like people watching Housewives like don't love season long wedding storylines. Mm-hmm. Like when, especially if they're like acting like bridezillas and stuff. Like that doesn't come mm-hmm. off as great. Uh, I know, but we love seeing Noel, and it's the holiday season, so we especially love seeing Noel. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's, it's truly our powers are at their strongest. Um, <laughs> We did have a new episode last week that we didn't uh, chat about, which not too much really happened. Um, We had Kenya and her like BFF Latoya hanging out, taking Tinder photos. Which just like, come on. Yeah. Um, It's definitely like a cooked up storyline, especially now. I feel like the latest news is that Kenya and Mark are back to trying to work it out. Which I don't love. I don't love that at all. The only part of it that I like is that means that there's more of a likely chance that I will see Kenya in the wild because she might be up in New York. But I don't love... Mark was... He was awful to her last season on camera. Yeah. I mean, like, we we went from, like, not really knowing him because he wouldn't film to him, like, proudly being terrible on camera. I What is with these men? I mean, like... Not to skip ahead, but like Drew's man, it's like, yeah, it no. just keeps getting worse. Let's skip ahead because we're we're making pancakes. We're helping Drew's mom through their like virtual service, which like this was finally like something COVID related that I was like happy to see, like a church mm-hmm. service happening virtually, right? Um, 
But then like we we like end the service and go straight into a fight between Drew's between Ralph and Drew's mom over her sermon. It's like Ugh. Like I could not imagine fighting with in-laws. I know I don't, I'm not currently dating anyone but like would never with past people's parents. Like it's are you kidding me? I mean like it's even like a step further than what Drew and Ralph had been doing which is fighting amongst themselves in front of in-laws or parents which mm-hmm. I also would never do. It's like I hate ever being in the bad graces of my parents. Like if, if I know my mom is like not happy with me, you know what I'm doing? I'm begging for forgiveness. So like with an in-law situation, I feel like that would be like that times a hundred. Sure. You know? Sure, 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 sure. (sighs) Yeah. I just like, don't understand it's like we agreed to like film this television program and like the cameras went up and we are fighting. It's so interesting because it's not like Drew is just some unknown person pulled from the sidewalk. Sure. Like she <laughs> she's a celebrity. Like she knows to an extent like how this stuff works. Yeah. So like for it to be it's we're going zero to a hundred with her family and everything's out there like this, it like almost makes me like think like maybe it's on purpose. She wants to like jump out and like have something lucrative to like jump into. She wants to like blow up this marriage. I mean, when they're talking about purchasing the new house and Ralph like doesn't want to explain the process to her. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God. I know. That's like so demeaning. Yeah. So many red flags are going up all over the place with this. Yeah. Um, we finally have Portia filming with someone. And I read online that the reason that we have had so f- few Portia scenes with the other women is just like every time she went to go protest, production wanted her to quarantine. Like, Interesting. Before filming with anyone. Okay. That's a good thing. I know. I would love for like that. Like, let's let's include that in the conversation, you know, <laughs> like we're right. breaking fourth wall all the time. Like, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, and I mean, make it, it seem like everyone's just running around together. Right. And it makes it like, if we got that explanation, it would like make it a little better for when they all jump into the car together and like they have their masks on. Then once they're in the car, they immediately take them off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was like, um, Tanya, Portia and Portia's sister. Right. Mm hmm. Going over to, like, this random woman's house. Who must have been in consideration for, like, a peach. Because we just, like, got a little too inform- a little too much information about this woman for her just to be, like, a rando. You know? <laughs> like, we're meeting her husband. We're, mm-hmm. like, getting a tour of the house. Mm-hmm. It was so strange. I know. Um, but I did love seeing Portia and Tanya back together. Like... Of the people on the show currently, like those two seem to be actual friends. Right. And seem to have remained friends despite the scandaloso that happened um, in Charleston. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like, it, it was definitely like 
an interesting conversation for Portia to be able to like talk about what she has been going through over the summer, both like right. in terms of the movement, but also what's going on in her life personally, like how like her involvement with the black lives matter movement has made her almost like push everything else in her life to the side, mm-hmm. including like her relationship with Dennis. Right. Um, but speaking of relationships, we have Mike Hill, Cynthia, and Mallory checking out the wedding venue. You know, I love this because to see the switch in Mallory from Cynthia's last wedding, it's it's rare you get to see two, a woman have two <laughs> weddings with two different people on these shows. Yeah. But to see her switch as far as like her opinion on uh, Cynthia's partner, yeah. I think was fun to see. Yeah. Because she's team chill, she's team chill in this, and like with uh, what's his name, she just was so against it. Yeah, uh, it's also fun to see that the narrative that this was going to be an outdoor wedding was uh, not true. <laughs> it, like we were walking through many rooms with like tables set up as how mm-hmm. they were going to be set up, and. I guess it was painted more as like an indoor outdoor come in, go out, do whatever you want. But then like transition to an actually fully indoor wedding once it was raining. Yeah. And I mean, like we should have, we should have been a little smarter and called that out back then. Cause like, why else would you go to a country club unless you want to have like a, like indoor part of your wedding. Mm-hmm. Otherwise just like go to a field. Yeah, sure. It's the same thing. Um, Cynthia is like truly at her height of psychosis in this. I know it's tough to see. It's tough to see. It's especially tough to see this from Cynthia as a housewife who has been generally liked throughout her tenure on the show. Uh Uh-huh. But it kind of reminds me of like the Cynthia from the friendship contract. Mm. Like, like sometimes she's a little off in that way and a little weird and like has like, unwell opinions and thoughts yeah i mean you were saying you wish you could see my blood pressure going up but i was like actually almost desensitized to it by now mm-hmm. like i saw this all coming and like we saw it in the trailer so i was just like oh my god you idiot like great yeah 10 10 20 so yeah we've got so much more of this yeah i am curious to see like how they handle it um like story-wise of just not showing the wedding. Like I would imagine we're probably going to get like iPhone footage or something. I assume that as well. They're going to like mine the iPhone footage of all the wives of Atlanta and Potomac probably. But like, I wonder, will they acknowledge why it's not being filmed? Maybe. I mean, they might pull a fast one. They sometimes randomly decide to pull stuff like that. So we'll see. Yeah. So that's Atlanta. We're just chugging along at this point. <laughs> and it's like, it's not as fun to watch like a fully COVID season. Yeah, it really isn't. Especially like, at least with OC, we started mm-hmm. with like a regular season. And it was interesting to me to let them like 
for us to see their reactions to like the news and it being like brand new. Yeah. Whereas like Atlanta was like we they filmed the reunion. We were already fully in lockdown. Life hasn't changed from then to now that much. So it's like Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. You know? Okay, let's get to the second and third part of the Potomac reunion. Let's do it. Wow. Ooh, I was just rewatching the third part before we recorded. Yeah. We got to the end of that third. We were getting to, sorry, we were getting to like the hour mark of that third part. And I was like, there's more, right? And I was like, thank God there's 30 minutes more of this because yeah. we needed it. I could have done another, uh, a fourth part. Yeah. They actually should have, if they're going to go for an hour and a half, they should do four parts. I know they should have matched the iconic Atlanta four parts. They really should have. And you know what? I usually don't like seeing the men, but the men's, the segment with the husbands was my favorite part of the third part of the reunion. Yeah, where are the men? <laughs> I know. I mean, Chris Bassett, who knew I would fall in love with that man? Yeah. I mean, we were missing Michael Darby, Juan Dixon, and Pastor Holybore. <laughs> Well, he's got his big deeg all over Atlanta. He <laughs> he can't make time for the reunion. No, what what did Giselle say? It was like he's giving a seminar or something. A seminar, <laughs> and Michael's at a wedding in South Carolina. <laughs> who who the fuck is the person who is inviting Michael Darby, but not Ashley Darby, well, to a wedding in South Carolina? I, oh, I guess I guess she had to reject. Yeah, like she's working, <laughs> but like. If if I were the people who were friends with Ashley and Michael and inviting them to my wedding, if I heard Ashley couldn't come and only Michael was going to come alone, yeah. I'd be like, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you're uninvited. Yeah, there's like Michael, there's asses you can grab other places. Michael untamed, like untethered Ashley would be like not a force I want at my wedding. I'm sure some shit went down at that wedding. You just know it did. Yeah. Um, and Juan was coaching or something was coaching well good for him yeah but like his presence was missed yeah and robin missed him yeah at that one point when she was getting mad at chris i feel like we saw like a side of robin that like we've never really seen before we don't see like mad mad pissed robin a lot and like a little mean at at points right yeah yeah, I mean, she wasn't necessarily on her best behavior. Yeah, I mean, I think this was more so the second part, but like Giselle really took a beating this episode oh. that like I did not see coming. Uh, just like all of the joy that is usually in Giselle's eyes yeah, was missing for most of parts two and three. And, like, she probably, like, was like, oh, you, you know what I'm going to do? It's going to be so funny. I'm going to bring the bodyguard back. Like, this is going to be a funny thing. And it made her look so stupid. So psycho. It's, it's, so, everyone knows my love for Giselle. But when I saw that bodyguard, I was like, really? Yeah. Like, come on. Let's let's not do this bit here. Like, but like, it's like this is not the reunion to be doing a bit. 
Right, exactly. Especially especially during COVID time, we need a, one more person in the room. Yeah. <laughs> but one person we did need in the room was Eddie Osefa walking in, looking so cute. Just like so proud of his wife, happy to be there, taking pictures of her like you're doing amazing, sweetie. Best dressed of all the men. Best dressed, so handsome. I know that you said he is now at the top of your list of housewives husbands okay uh, let me break this down like obviously juan is attractive but like Mm -hmm. what a nice man eddie is and like what a family man he is and how much he loves his wife and all this like adds to eddie's attractiveness right but eddie is starts at at an attractive level that's like very attractive anyway Oh, exactly but so but like with juan it's like oh like juan you're hot but like you're you're a little <laughs> a little shady sometimes. There's some there's some sketchiness. Yeah. Uh and then obviously we have Evan Goldschneider in the mix. I am scared that we are gonna learn down the line that Evan Goldschneider's like secretly shitty. Do you really think so? I don't know. But I just like that popped into my mind because he's also in my top three your top three is actually my same top yeah. three in like the gist of things but like i feel like we're, we might learn something because like i don't know like do you mean like politically maybe but like but jackie is like pretty outspokenly progressive i know but sometimes i know there's but- those couples that don't necessarily talk about politics i feel like evan goldschneider listens to joe rogan uh, I mean, I do think, like, there are people who listen to Joe Rogan who, like, still might not have bad politics themselves. Okay. But, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's for sure, for sure, but okay. I'm just saying I, there's, like, a worriedness in me I, that we might learn something. I've just loved, because, as you know, I keep keep up with the gold Schneiders, like even on during off season, like he's, Oh, so do I, I follow Evan. He's been so involved in the family life during COVID, like, like running drills with the kids, like watching TV with them. Like he's a very hands-on dad, which I love. Wow. Watching TV, really going above and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, he's like watching no, like, no, I get the game mean. with the kids and stuff and like cheering. no, I know what you mean, and I'm not. I'm not like saying anything against Evan Goldschneider, but there is a thought in my brain. You know, it's like okay. he's one of those like guys where it's like I feel like okay. one wrong turn no. and we're in QAnon. It's, you know, no, it's always wise to be uh, cautious and maybe start with a gentle standing before we, right. before you go on full stand. We just don't know him well enough. We just know that he looks good in some sweatpants <laughs> is what it comes down to. Okay. So back to <laughs> back to Potomac. Um, I don't care for Chris Bassett in general, but I do think he had a stellar performance. Mm-hmm. Um, he made Candace look better. And mm-hmm. if there was a world in which everyone was coming back, it would be because of Chris Bassett. Yeah, Chris in Chris and Chris's friendship, I think, could have healed the world. Uh I'm gonna like 
give less to Chris Samuels in the reconciliation. Cause like Chris Samuels came with the gasoline to with Monique's match in hand. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is like at the end of like the thing that gave me hope that we could have moved on with all the wives was the moment that the Chris's shared after the end of that segment. I agree that Chris Samuels came with the gasoline. Yeah. I, part of me understands it because of like accusations about his family and like the fact that he might not be the father of one of his children. That's a big accusation. Yeah. And I think that, Andy was doing a little too much defense of the other side around that accusation. Yeah. In saying, well, it never aired on the show. It never aired on the show. But like things don't necessarily need to air on the show to become issues in these people's lives. Yeah. I, I was confused for a minute. Cause like in my brain, I was like, I thought it did air on the show. Cause remember in the beginning of the season, when Giselle talks about Monique and the trainer, but, like, she never, like, finished the sentence with, and, like, whose baby is this? But, yeah, I think I think the line that, like, Giselle will probably be bringing up for the rest of her life and whomever is that they never brought up the baby part on the show. But the trainer thing was definitely mentioned at the beginning yeah, of the season. Yeah. No, for sure. I think the baby thing was being talked about online around the time of that mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And... Like, as people know, it's I'm I will defend Giselle's place on the show forever. But I think this situation, she looks awful. Oh, and then we saw the unseen footage of her talking about the fact that it had been brought up. Right. Well, yeah, that was interesting. I thought the unseen footage. She also had the thing where she thought what was said by Chris in that unseen footage to her that like, then it was clear to like be on the show and joke about at least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Chris in that unseen footage says like the baby looks like me. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they're like laughing about it. So I don't know. I think that's a lot, but Chris really came with like, in acts to grind and he didn't even want to do the small talk before the segment started with Andy, Well, that was, which was, that was so wild. Cause like that was unofficial small talk. That wasn't even like, cause like they do that and he's like ready to kill Andy. And then like we go to commercial and then like they end up doing the on screen small talk. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Um, the dead naming, of Caitlyn Jenner was so bad in terms of the, like not an eye in the room blinked. No, like it wasn't caught at all. And like, just so, so psycho. Yeah. Like completely pushed under the rug. Right. Yeah. And then I don't, mm. I don't know. I had hope at the end of that segment, but then we got the news that Monique is leaving. Yeah. She did an IG live right before the video premiere of the music video for drag Queens. Candace 
reading the lyrics to drag queens. <laughs> and Monique said, oh, well, she's a fan. <laughs> I mean, like, Monique is so funny in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Monique pretty unequivocally says she's done. And then, mm-hmm. like, Candace posted something that, like, was like, oh, like, until future notice. So it sounds like right. Candace could go either way. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention when we're talking about Monique and the incident, as we're all calling it, um, in a good point that a lot of Bravo fans and a lot of Bravo accounts are bringing up repeatedly, which it should be brought up repeatedly, is the chastising that's being done of Monique around this incident and the fact that it's taken up all the air of the season and she's been meant like on the reunion she's been like criticized for not being as remorseful as people think she should be yeah but the fact that we get none of that in other incidents that have happened on predominantly white housewife shows I mean a good example is when Danielle pulled Margaret's hair last season on Jersey and she was told to do so by Teresa, it didn't take up like the entire reunion, like or season like this, this has um, Teresa literally like shoving Andy at a reunion is like a bat in the eye. There's like a lot of incidents that can be spoken of. I think it, for some reason, I think it took up more conversation once there were criminal charges filed. Yeah. But yeah, 1000%. But like my, my point, and I think the point of a lot of other people is like those other situations on like that these white women do should be, they should be as criticized as Monique is being criticized for sure right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think my, my point is like, I think once the the charges were filed, there was like no avoiding it until that was resolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like they can't even be in the same room together. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, 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 I'm curious to see like who does end up sticking around. Um, like will Candace come back? I feel like if Giselle was not so entrenched in the Bravo cinematic universe right now, like she would even be mm-hmm. like up in the air. I think maybe I just feel like with Giselle, she's the type of reality star that on some levels we like kind of need to keep around because she will get into like the messiness and be made to look bad, but like still stick around and like yeah. keep on doing that like green eye bandit work that she does so well. Sure. Um I think that Karen Huger has emerged as the true make matriarch of Potomac. Oh, yeah. And we've said this in the past couple weeks as well. Yeah. But I just think like she's really taken her spots. I mean, it's funny for so long, it was really a fight between the two of them with, I would even say Giselle on a slight lead, but like Mm -hmm. this season cemented Karen as the matriarch. Yeah. I kind of think like the way I kind of view it in a lot of ways is 
Karen's the Vicky, Giselle's the Tamara. Mm. Okay. You know? Sure. I don't know. That just was in my brain. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I hope that most of the cast sticks around. Yeah. And then we, in Monique's absence, we add a new strong player. But it's, like we said earlier, it's hard to play with these these professionals because they're so good at what they do. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's go over to a city that's maybe not as professional. <laughs> the The shambles that OC currently is in with two families currently under COVID lockdowns in the it's show. It's just like, it's just, what am I even watching? Like the vacation's so sad. Like we went and two of them did mountain biking. Two of them did ax throwing. And it was just like, so depressing. Yeah. I mean, it was like on New York, it was tough going on vacation with just five women after Tinsley left. Mm-hmm. This is even worse. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. Um, I gotta say though, the Haim girls laughing at <laughs> Shannon being diagnosed was pretty funny. <laughs> those daughters, and I heard, th- I think those daughters just took a trip to Mexico like this week. With, with Shannon. With Shannon. And like, one of them was like bragging on TikTok about it and she got bullied to delete it. Oh my God. But even, like, even Shannon, like, you have gone through this experience now. Um, this was back in July, and now she's running around again five months later. It's so stupid. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Emily and Shane, we've got him, like, barely holding on via text message. I The cryptic messages he was sending, I was like, like... For the sake of your wife, I realize that it's a very difficult time to be in that situation. But, like, let's get on FaceTime and, like, talk it out. You know? <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. not send these, like, let's not send these cryptic messages. Please. Yeah. Uh, it was also funny with Shannon in terms of, like, being upset that the women didn't care to talk to her while they were away on the trip. Like, only two of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kelly and... uh the new yeah, one Vargas. wouldn't even come to the phone. Yeah. Elizabeth Vargas Vodka. The fact that I can barely remember her name is like yeah. really goes to show. Uh, we learn more about her in that like she was raised to to eventually become a preacher herself and was made to like speak in tongues. So she just pretended. Yes. So I listened to an interview she did on another podcast and it sounds like her upbringing was actually kind of similar to Mary from uh, Salt Lake oh, City. Yeah. Um, and they like lived on some like commune in wherever she was raised in the Midwest. And then her immediate family like escaped, I think, to like Seattle or something. Oh, my God. And she went to school to like be a jazz singer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then she met her ex-husband when she was performing at a jazz club and when he would come in because he looked rich she would always sing hey big spender to him that's truly a love story yeah it's a love story baby just say yes (laughs) um gina's going through shit like 
talking to her lawyer, crying. She basically has to like, isn't it from what I watched, I gained that it sounds like it's kind of up to her to like make the decision on whether or not her ex will like really face charges. Um, okay. It sounds like the judge wants her input, which is common for like victim crimes. Um, Mm -hmm. however, I also think like that, I don't know exactly what he was being charged with. I would imagine there is some portion of it, which is a violation of an order of protection, which I think can be proved without Gina's assistance. So like a lot of times, like you need her to, to prove any charge, but like Mm -hmm. if he violated order of protection, like that can be proven by the police showing up and seeing him in her presence. Right. Um, so it sounded to me from a non-lawyer hat person that it's like, she kind of has to like make some decisions and it could affect her kids on like whether or not they'll be able to like see their dads and all that kind of stuff. There was like a whole big conversation with like everyone giving different differing opinions with like Kelly Dodd being like, no, don't, don't go forward. Like you'll, ruin his job prospects and able to be able to pro- provide for the family uh, and so on. Um, we did get, I mean like Bronwyn's having a miserable time cause everyone hates her. Uh, we kind of got some confrontation over like Bronwyn doing her uh, investigative journalism on Elizabeth Vargas. Which like, I don't like Elizabeth Vargas, but I also kind of think this is, psycho behavior for Bronwyn to be talking about in front of people. Yeah. Not saying it's psycho behavior for her to do, because whenever I meet somebody, the first thing I do is like do a few choice searches. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like her, her, it's the choice to bring it up on camera and have a conversation about it. That's like bad. It, yeah. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Just like you put that in your, like in your, in your little backpack for like a rainy day. I know. And if then like somebody else exposes Vargas for something else, bring out the receipts and be like, well, this is what she tweeted in 2011. I have it right here. And that's pretty much OC. I mean, OC, like for people not watching OC, you're fine. (laughs) I mean, they're really, they're really (laughs) stretching out this little trip. That would be like a blip in the radar in a regular season into like a major motion picture. I still can't get over the amount of bottles of alcohol they have for this like like two day trip, just like positioned all throughout that house. There's like not even like a counter space to like put a plate down that's not already occupied by a bottle of alcohol. <laughs> I know, wow. Their minds. Okay, why don't we get to the snowy city of Salt Lake City? Let's get to it's it. It's time for an iconic fashion moment. It is the Brooks Marks fashion show. A fashion show with two fashions. How dreadful. <laughs> but it's like, also, I couldn't really wrap my head around, like, who else's fashion show it was. Because, like, both Whitney and Meredith were also walking well, in Well, it felt like, kind of like Brooklyn Fashion Week a la New York, where it's like, we have multiple mm-hmm. designers, and, like, we're all just kind of walking in one big show. Well, Brooklyn Fashion Week, there was only that one designer that whose show we saw. Okay. No offense. Uh, I'm just a skull. Uh, you're sick. <laughs> um, 
But okay, so Whitney is nervous about walking and she picked the worst shoes to do so. So they hairspray her foot, which I love. Oh, yeah. But like, w- there should not have been stairs involved, I would say. I know. Like, what are you people thinking? Especially like these, like, I would imagine like the models walking in Park City Fashion Week are not like pros. So why are we making their lives more difficult? Right. And also Park City feels like because of the snow outside, there'd be like excess like water that might be around the like runway, you know, because of like people like trudging in stuff. Mm. So it doesn't seem like a good look all around. But Whitney survived. We have uh, Mary and Jen back in the same room again. Sitting right next to each other. Um, And then we have the the FaceTime with Seth Marks, Meredith Marks, and Brooks Marks. Oh my god. It's like <laughs> Brooks trying to get his dad to care, but also like already coming in with the attitude that his dad isn't going to yeah. care. So he's like he's setting himself up for disaster yeah, yeah. is what he's doing. But I love that Seth Marks being like <laughs> What is going on with the two of you? You look abducted. Did you get abducted? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I w- I would love to know his like point of view. Like he's got these two people who like are amping it up and glamming it up for this television program. Like, how different are the Brooks Marks and Meredith Marks that he knew just a few years earlier? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like almost like. I know you don't watch Shit's Creek, mm. but it's almost like we've got David Rose and Moira Rose, okay. but they have been transported into mm. like a kind of normal family. Mm. And it's like, it's somebody trying, it's the dad trying to like figure out what the fuck is going yeah. on here. Yeah, I understand the reference. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so that's fun. I mean, like, also, <laughs> like, Brooks Marks, like, what do you want? Like, a parade? <laughs> You know, it's it's also kind of sad because I feel like Brooks Marks first episode, people were all in on Brooks Marks yeah. and then sl- it like quickly, quickly fell from prominence yeah. in that respect. I mean, he did get a feature uh, with our friend Evan Ross Katz in Paper Magazine uh, this week on papermag.com. So go check that, check out. that out, baby. OK, Um. I saw some people receiving the Brooks Marks like sweatsuits and are those people getting them from him or are they buying them? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're buying. I mean gay Twitter people. Yeah, th- gay Twitter people? I think they're buying because like I I under- the po- the point of giving would be um I want eyes on these so that people want to buy it. But like you can't buy it. Like they've sold out. Okay. You know, so like, I just found it so pr- surprising that like two people I follow suddenly had the sweatsuit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it is an iconic fashion moment. I, I wonder uh, about like the quality of the garment. Right. You know what we should do for merch? We should sell a knockoff that says come through queen instead of oh Brooks my Marks. god wow like taking that icon like that iconic design and making it our own i guess yeah mm-hmm. wow 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 things to come 2021 yeah <laughs> okay um the gaze 
I love the gays. As Sarah Jessica Parker once said. I love... Yes, I love the gay girls. <laughs> um, is it too much for... Heather Gay to be discussing this with the girls, the gay girls. You know what? I don't think so because I think that when you are the child of divorced parents, you have to like deal with issues like this Mm -hmm. and like deal with like things like this. So I think it's totally fine. I just thought it was like really funny that like one of her things that she talked about, like wanting to do by leaving the Mormon church was like, drink mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like okay <laughs> wow um what about setting intentions and goals with lisa barlow i liked the little goal like poster board thing yeah to me like besides mary i feel like lisa barlow is like the least in the thick of it with the with the show i agree she wasn't in a group scene this week, was she? No. I don't think so. Maybe, was she at Fashion Week? I, mean, I don't even remember. I mean, I think our main I'm, our main four are Jen, Meredith, Heather, and Whitney. For sure. As far as like our core group and then the others exist. Yeah, which is interesting because I do think Jen is like the... Not Jen. Uh, Lisa is like the Jill Zarin as like the person who casts the show. Right. I think she's the one who pulled them all together. Right. And she wants to make her business a billion dollar business in three years. We've been doing this podcast for five years, almost five years. And we're not at a billion. So Lisa, it's tough. It's tough out there. Lisa. (laughs) I do still need to get my hands on Vita tequila. I do too. I think we tried and like, we might have to cross state lines into New Jersey, which is like a lot. I know, but you have a car. True, Hello. true. And like, what else am I doing? Stop your crying. It'll be all right. <laughs> um, I want to like, not that I want to support Elizabeth Vargas, but mm. for the purposes of this yeah, podcast, research purposes, I would like to get some Vargas. Is, has it hit the shelves yet? I think she said it was going to come around in like, like December 20th. So mm. it might be somewhere. Okay. okay. <laughs> like Newport beach wines or something like that. Sure. Um, and then I guess like the, we're kind of just like ending this episode talking about Meredith's marriage. And that seems like it's going to be like the big storyline for the next couple episodes as well, yeah. because everyone thinks there's fishy stuff going on, which there yeah, is. Cause, Cause Jen mentions meeting a man in New York city. Who's like, Meredith's the love of my life. I wonder what he looks like. Yeah. Um, a couple things I wanted to mention Whitney centric in this episode. When Whitney went to Heather Gay's spa. Yeah. And she was getting the skin treatment. And then all of a sudden, like her, like face was looking rough and red from like getting the treatment done. Then they have her like sit up and talk to Heather for a bit. And it was like, I've never seen anyone look fresher. <laughs> and if that is actually what happened in that like five minute moment, everyone should be fucking running, not walking to Heather Gay's laser and skin center or whatever it's that called. That is the power of the gaze. I know. I was like, wow, she looks like a little, like a, 
12 year old baby <laughs> after just getting that on her face for a five 12 seconds. year old baby <laughs> and then um and then she was at the trampoline park with her dad oh yeah i forgot about and that. this was interesting because we i thought we just moved the dad into sober yeah. living yeah. like two episodes ago and i know that it was filmed over the holidays so maybe it's like yeah like a month instead of like sure. two days or whatever but he, he wanted to already like leave and go on to his own apartment so that's like an interesting conversation they were having in the trampoline park yeah. maybe that one's owned by jim Bellino too but <laughs> um i feel like i ask this every week and like i don't think we have an answer like are we going on a trip are we going somewhere i have no idea. i know we're in outdoor bathtubs at some point with jen shaw splashing it um i but like people in like salt lake city and like those mountain places love to be in an outdoor yeah, bathtub. Yeah. I but I like I need all six of us to like be somewhere together, together in a house spending time together. That's crucial. I mean like really it's mostly to get Lisa Barlow <laughs> and Mary in the I mix. I know Lisa like can we put down the phone for a minute? <laughs> can you stop yelling at your husband? No, she's too busy talking to Drita, her twin sister. Okay, let's let's wrap this up with our Freak of the Week and our One Shoe Queen. Our Freak of the Week is, um, you know, we love a, a COVID-related freak, and this is in the uh, Bravo Cinematic Universe. It is Anwar Hadid. Mm-hmm. So it was revealed, like, over the past week that he seemed uh, like he was not going to be getting the vaccine. Uh, but let me read this rundown from page six. Anwar Hadid is backtracking after saying he will absolutely not get the COVID-19 vaccine. The 21-year-old model and younger brother of Bella and Gigi Hadid came under fire on Sunday when he responded to a fan asking if he was an anti-vaxxer by saying, either I just don't get it or I get it and God willing heal from it and get antibodies rather than to do that process unnaturally. He added that our bodies are made by the creator to do way more than we think. However, Anwar, who has been dating Dua Lipa since 2019, quickly clarified his position on Monday. He said, I'm not anti-vax, quote-unquote. I think everyone has to be careful with each vaccine individually looking at positive and positive negative effects, he wrote on his Instagram story. I have taken vaccines before, but as someone who has a compromised immune system, I want to continue to learn about the many ways I can protect myself and others. Wow. I mean, Anwar, give me your spy line, baby. I'll go first. <laughs> I mean, like, Dula Peep really needs to do a 180, baby, <laughs> and run away from Anwar Hadid. Wow. No, I mean, we do want her spending Christmas and holidays with, with uh, Yolanda. That is something I want. Well, well, also, just, like, the way he described, like, how he wants to get COVID and mm. then develop the antibodies, it's like, babe, that's the point of the vaccine, yeah. is to, like, like, I hate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, who is our one true queen? Our one true queen is one Marlo Hampton yes. for the christmas instagram post she released featuring her and her nephews who she's a munty to yes. that's what she says munty, munty right yeah, yeah, yeah. um it's 
It's very uh, Nutcracker inspired yeah. with her in a ballet garb and pose and her nephews in uh, tights and are they wearing like Nutcracker? Yeah, jackets? I think it's like a little Nutcracker look and they're like holding Nutcrackers as well. I mean, we know mm-hmm. we can count on Marlo for a iconic Halloween Instagram post. So it's nice to mm-hmm. see her spreading it to other holidays as well now. Yeah, and it's like, it's really, I something I want to see in Atlanta is more on her journey, um, taking in her nephews and like how that's been going on, yeah. which is like my big regret of her not having a peach is we don't get to see more of her home life. We'll only get to see if she brings them to an events or yeah. whatever. So love to more see Marlo. More Marlo. And that is it for our very last episode of 2020. Oh my God. Wow. Um, as usual, you can head on over to come through queen.com for links to everything come through queen related. Um, our Instagram pages where you could check out <laughs> all the food I cooked up on, uh, Christmas, our Twitter accounts, um, the come through queen Facebook group, which is active as ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So like, Oh, go um, go live a, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast I know. and leave a nice note. That's the perfect last-minute gift. You guys for, exactly. you forgot to get us something, and it's free, and it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so like, comment, subscribe, heart share, retweet. Love us, love us, please retweet. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Come through, Queen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.